0: Who give you thanks? Who adore you? Thank you for yet another opportunity to rob our mind and meditate in your word, Father Lord. May your word bring comfort this morning in Jesus' name. May your word bring succor even in this difficult time in Jesus' name, Father. May your word bring discernment so that we'll do that which is your heart desire. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Praise the Lord. We thank God for his faithfulness, for keeping us alive. Being alive in this time of so many evil reports is indeed a thing of joy. A woman that I know very well said that if we survive this year, that we should be given certificate of survival. Yes, it has really been a challenging time. But God has continued to be faithful. Because if we check our going out, our coming in, a lot of so many things, you will see indeed that the Lord has continued to prove himself worthy for our sake. Things may not be 100% going our way, but we know that God is working out his purpose so that when the time comes, nobody will share his glory with anybody. We thank God. We glorify his name. Our topic for today is taken from Ephesians. Five, verse, uh, chapter 5 verse 50 verse 11 have no fellowship with darkness the scripture has uh, the gospel was taken from that chapter 5 but I want to go through the reading once again and then dwell on the test which is on verse 11 so that we will have a complete and understanding. Be imitators of God. Therefore, as dearly beloved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself all for us, as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you, there must not be a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure. No immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a man is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God let no one deceive you with empty word for because of such things God's wrath come upon those who are disobedient therefore do not be partners with them for you were once darkness but now you are light in the Lord live as children of light but the fruit, because for the fruit of Light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deed of darkness, but rather expose them. That's our test. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deed of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. For it is light that makes everything visible. That is why it is said, Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. This is Paul's letter and epistle to the church he founded in Ephesus. There were issues on ground concerning Christian living that he had to address at that time. So he has to send a specific instruction. And actually, this is the second to the last chapter of that letter. And we know normally he finishes, summarizes, and then says his farewell or benediction. So this is basically the summary of most of the things he said in that epistle to the church. So the same is still today, because this is read in a church, and we are still people of Christ. It is the same gospel that have transcended that period, even to this time. So if you look at verse 3 to 5, you see that it's just all about... Christian living and Christian interaction, things that should not be found among the brethren, things that are, as in they are in opposition to what Christianity is all about. From verse 8 to 10, he reminded us about our past, that we are in darkness, associated with things of darkness. But now, we have heard the gospel now we are children of light. And when you are a child of light, you have light in you, and when you have a light in you, you emanate life. But today have no fellowship with deeds of darkness. Fruitless work as it's kind of as it was called there. As a Christian. Any work of darkness is fruitless. Because of what? It has no spiritual relevance. And I have to really go, this is a verse with two parts. Our topic is just the first part. But there is another part to it that makes it a complete verse. I have to go through different translations to see actually whether they are different english this same verse we are written in in niv it says having nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness but rather expose them new living translation said take no part in worthless deeds of evil and darkness instead expose them king James says what Have no fellowship with unfruitful work or darkness, but rather reprove them. So, two commands are contained in one verse here. The first command is like a basis or fundamental of Christianity. Before we become Christian, we acquire some knowledge. And this knowledge came into us and we come into realization of certain truths, which now make us to have a different belief system from a conventional person. And now we are Christian, guided by certain principles and certain ways of living. So Christianity in itself is basically not a religion, but a way of life. Because you are a Christian anywhere, anytime, any event. You exhibit those Christ consciousness. That Holy Spirit being indwelling in you, guiding you in everything. Before you become a Christian, there must be a period of transition. Where there will be surrendering, calling Jesus Christ. Now you are my Lord and personal Savior. And then be endowed with the Holy Spirit to guide you in your action and inaction. So I don't want to believe that in the night you tell Jesus Christ, wait, in the day I will become a Christian once again. But He's indwelling, living in us. So that makes us Christians and not just religious people. But unfortunately, or do I say ironically? This basic fundamental step is where many of us stop as Christians, having no fellowship with the deeds of of darkness. And many of us are comfortable with it because I don't involve in this, I don't do this, I don't do this, I don't do this. But the scripture is telling us that you as a Christian, it demands beyond Christ demands more than that, more than that as a child of God. Fruitless whose work of darkness means sin. And we know that sin is basically wasting of time. And sin is constantly identified with darkness. Things of the dark. And we have somebody that rules the dark world. And we know it is Satan. That's why a lot of evil things are done in the dark. They don't come in the open where light will expose it because of what? Anything exposed is sin. And when it is sin, a lot of people cannot do it. And Christ has told us that he is the light. I'm the light of the world, that's in John 8, 12, that he is the light of the world. That whoever that follows him will never walk in darkness, but have the lights of life. Your life will be illuminated by his presence. And the darkness can never comprehend. We remember our team sometime here. Matthew 5, 14, down, that we are the light of the world, that we are city set on a hill, and when you can set on a hill, you cannot hide. And then there is another commandment let your light so shine forth among men. Being light is not enough. When your light is not shining, it's Christianity without work. And we know that faith without work is useless. And when your light shines, the glory, everything will be pointed back to the source. And that is our Father in heaven. So have no fellowship, have no interaction. Means what? That we have no business, no fair association. That we will not have a bond, something holding us. So that we don't get this wrong. Because some people who say have no fellowship, don't talk to sin, don't talk No. Because if actually you don't talk, talk to sinners, how will they hear? How will they repent? Some will say, don't just go to your Oh, oh that they are evil. If you leave them, they remain evil. Then there is a work you've not fulfilled, and God will ask you of it. But fellowship means you have something in common. You, attract, you, have, you interact at a certain level. A certain level of knowledge. That's what God said. That we should not have any times And we should not have sympathy. Know that we should not indulge them. Or make excuses for them. There is no excuse. We should not be born together. We should not be equally yoked. This happens so much when people are getting married. You see a brother or a sister. And you ask her or him. This person you want to marry, is he, does he know Christ? Is he born again? And you will be told that he's a nice person. And then the greatest lie of all time, that I will convert him. Who are you to convert him? What have you? It's only Christ that changed people. You don't have any power. You have the best oratory prowess. It's only Christ that can convince people. That's why some people will hear words. word. But their conviction comes some time later. That's why people will hear what they've been hearing. One day they will still hear the same thing. And it will bring a different result. So, don't be yoked. Don't be put together. Don't be joined together. Don't interact at that level with any unbeliever. Because we are people set apart for holiness. That's what Deuteronomy 14.2 said. That we are his people set apart for his good use. These are people that are identified with, with him. So if you know your position in things of the kingdom, then we act, we will behave in a different way. But then, as a Christian, still dwelling on the basics, before you can distinguish yourself or extricate yourself. But certain deeds of darkness, you need to have the knowledge. Yes, you need to have indwelling knowledge. You need to have that knowledge of Christ, what is expected of you concerning this matter. Many people get involved in certain things that are wrong out of ignorance. When we were in school, I went to a friendly school that certain things are endemic with. Some people got involved in court without knowing what they were going into. That's the truth, because it appears as one innocent thing, or what is common within what every other is every other person. Is doing and when you get involved getting back becomes a big problem and all this work amounts to sowing to the flesh and we know that when you sow to the flesh you sow to destruction because everything given to the flesh they are temporal they cannot stand the test of time It amounts to zero relevance in things of the kingdom, in spiritual things. But then we have to be very clear concerning some of those things. Some people live a life that is discouraging because you are a Christian. Don't dress well, look tattered so we even go to inside the bush and stay in an enclosure where they will be with people like them that they don't need to have contact with the world so that they will not be defiled in the time of asceticism uh, when there was proliferation of monasteries that was the main ideology where you dedicate yourself to just prayer and fasting, depriving people that are supposed to benefit from you, that you are the light. And you stay there, where you deal with animals, plants, but then you don't want contamination with the world. That's what a lot of Christians are doing now, where we walk out, in quote, work out our salvation with fear and trembling thinking that it is something done by their power without the ability and empowerment of grace. So when you live here and you are not relevant for the things of the kingdom where you live and just stop at that first part of that service then, you've not fulfilled all. You've fulfilled in part. We know that the work of flesh excites the senses. Galatians 5, 19-21. Please, can somebody read it? The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, feats of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Thank you very much. So that is clear. And when you go through these things written here, you will see that there are things that bring gratification to the flesh, this flesh. Is it envy? Is it unforgiveness? Is it getting back at somebody that hurts you? Yes. Sorry to say, there is dissatisfaction when you hit back somebody that hits you. Yes. But actually, you ask yourself, as a child of God, will this glorify God? Christianity actually is a religion of grace. It's a way of life controlled by grace. Because if you want to go with your common human thinking, human feeling, honestly, you can never be a Christian. Many of us are still battling with certain things. Somebody that hurts you. Somebody that dealt with you. The scriptures say you should pray for him. Not just pray for forgiveness. But that he shall be well with him. That he shall bless him. I was once talking to a brother. And I put this. That you should pray for him. Maybe his problem is uh, poverty. And he told me. This one that he does not have money. That if he has money, get me. so rather we pray, God, God, if you are comfortable with what this man is doing, it's okay with me, I will not. But going to that step to sincerely pray is always very difficult. It takes grace for you to actually pray a minute. That's Christianity for you. Another way you should know about certain work of flesh, things of darkness, the scripture says that they are fruitless, is when what you were doing or what you did, first of all, is x-rayed. After being x-rayed, then you yourself, you will sit and they will bring people To watch it in a video clip. Will it be something that will be pleasing to the Lord? Will you be proud of it? If you will not be proud of it. Obviously your ways need to change. Something you do in conformity. With other people. When certain people get knowledge of it. What would they say of you? That's what the scripture say that we should never be found in doing. But the second part, which is the exposure or reproval of these deeds, to me, is where Christianity stands. This is the real Christianity. Yes, it's not merely enough to avoid sin. That's one part of it. But you have to unmask and you point out what is sinful. And brethren, I can tell you authoritatively that this part needs grace. I don't know of the time gone by early church, but this is our time. Honestly, you need grace because of what it will put you in trouble. But if the trouble is for the sake of the kingdom, the Bible says we'll rejoice. That if we are suffering because of what we did right, but if it's what we did wrong, then we are receiving our reward. In the scripture, there are so many instances, there are too many. And what it resulted into, John the Baptist told Herod that you are committing sexual immorality. And he paid with his head. Elijah told Ahab about his sinful ways and his wickedness, especially that of his wife. And we knew that his ministry was truncated and another person has to replace him. Why am I bringing this? I'm bringing it to us to know that either which way it goes, that God is still aware of it. But sometimes we do these things without praying over it. When you look at prophet Nathan, when he went to David, how he went about it, with tax and diplomacy, actually sent by God, and not allowing his emotion to be him, we notice the results. So actually, reproval or exposure is not to bring into condemnation, but rather to bring into correction, correction. And for the, person who, for the person's repentance. Some people who quote Luke 6.37. That you should not judge. So that you should not be judged. You should not condemn. So that you not be condemned. That you should forgive. So that you will be forgiven. It is true. Matthew 7, one That we should not judge. It's all the same. But when we look into this thing. You ask yourself, actually, what is God trying to tell us here? And when a Christian is trying to reprove an action or a deed, and when they bring this sin, it gets all deflated. deflated. But actually, that is wrong. When they say you should not judge, in first instance, you should not pronounce judgment on a person. Because as individual, you are not qualified. Judgment is for God. But you judge action, not persons. Yes, what you are judging, what you did is bad. Because when you condemn, when you judge, you already condemn. When you condemn, there is no chance. But when you condemn action... And there is repentance, the person will not be condemned. So don't be deceived about this. Do not judge. Do, it's not true. Sin is sin, irrespective of who, where, and when. It is sin. You should voice it out. And don't keep quiet. Because of what? Keeping quiet is approval. Yes, you are part of it. We condemn action, which can lead to repentance. People of Nineveh, David, when prophet Nathan came to, he did not condemn David. But rather, he condemned the action. Having everything, and you went and killed this small uh, lamb. People of Nineveh, change your ways. You are not the person wrong with God, but your ways. And indirectly, you own the ways. But that should not give us the guise to under certain pretense. I have had on occasion one of the little boys in my house, he did something and he said he's the devil. I went and I brought touch. I started looking for the devil. After looking for the devil, I told him, I did not see any devil. You are the only person I'm seeing here, except if you are the devil. And for a long time, he has not used that for me. Maybe he uses it for the mom. Because if you say, it is the devil. I look for devil I don't see. I will treat you like a devil. No, it's simple and straightforward. Even in the scripture, in John 7.24, the scripture made us to know that you can judge. But you should not judge according to appearance, but with righteous judgment. That place you in a position that you don't have a lock of wood in you and not just self-righteousness. Righteous judgment means to bring back to righteousness too. You are not judging to condemnation. How somebody reproves you depends on how you respond to the person. If you reprove me with love, even in this chapter 5, Love has been a word that has been recurring and recurring. If you judge me, or correct me, putting me down. The first sentence matters. When you tell somebody, a child named Mambulu, that you'll be useless and you start talking. Whatever you are talking, you are talking to yourself. But when you call a child, tell him as a child, I passed through this, but I came over this. You can do it. Don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. But not the type of, the one they do abroad. Where you have to call a child, you start telling a child that he loves you. This one, this one. Uh, don't do this. There are times for different things. There are times to flog. I believe in Cain. And um, I have one woman that loves using that thing. <laughs> she doesn't spare. She has it in her wardrobe in all the cars anywhere so she doesn't need to go far because we are taught that when you don't flog when the thing was done it will turn to wickedness so you don't need to go and start looking for cane wherever you do your hand you just correct it at that time they will know that is what they did sorry some people will have a different understanding with me I'm a product of flogging and flogging will not stop in my generation yeah yes, do you see me going to u k or u s Yes, yeah, somebody asked me, yeah <laughs> Yes, I'm telling you, not excessively, sometimes you hold it just for the fear, So I have certain belief system that doesn't go in contrary because i know where it is in the bible yes spare the rod and i here, spare the rod and spare the child <laughs> you know so that is what we are talking about here so brethren sin or certain things have been i was according to a one bible scholar that sin are being perpetuated. Certain acts, when Christians keep quiet and don't outrightly condemn it, when the church does not condemn something and like acceptability, because keeping quiet is so level of acceptability, that thing becomes a norm, if not being a tradition. And we know some acts are being evenly, as if it's being blessed, especially by the church. Some events in the church, something like in Enugu now, they stop Inugu, Anglican. They stopped by um, Bazaar because it became a counterproductive ceremony where people will come and be showing off their wealth, go and call one amount when they are asked to go and um, bring, redeem their pledge. They will start asking you, did you give me any money to keep for you? Sometimes activities going on in that ceremony are not holy and they don't glorify God. Church is a place now where stolen public funds are come to be deposited. And we bless it. Had a situation, somebody has come and blessed this car for me. I was like, How did you get a car? Did you win? Beth, Niger or something like that. He said that his son. I was like, your son is in year two or year three. And he told me that on a mess on business is Bitcoin. So in that situation, I have to be like in a dilemma. But we prayed. We prayed according to the mind of God. <laughs> yes, now. Uh, you know, just pray it. absorbing myself because sometimes things that can lead you to hell may not be direct things, but rather indirect things everywhere you see things that should not be found among Christians, the first two things that pop up are things bordering on sexual immorality let's not pretend it's high time the church start talking about certain things. Let's not stop pretending. People who go for marriage counseling, when it comes to sexual matters, they will do it like this. We won't go deep into it. What the scripture said about sexual immorality. Our body being the temple of God and people that defy the marriage bed, they will be judged. Pornography. Immediately you open your laptop these days, the first thing that will pop up is one naked woman. And you will be asked, do you want to chat? And I started asking myself, why is it that they don't pop up men with six packs? That will tell you how useless this pack is. Very useless. You don't build house with it. And if you have it, you remove your singlet and start going around saying your sins back. So, because of what the eye sees, especially for men, our system is very labile. This is a sin that is holding a lot of people. Yes, some people will say, yes, what does it, that is what goes into the mouth. That is what defies a man. That's Matthew five eleven. Not what's come, it's not what goes in, it's what comes out. And then I'll ask a question and make an assertion. One, he says what goes into the mouth, not the ear that gets to the heart. And yes, what comes out of the mouth is what is conceived in the mouth, in the mind and heart. How does that thing go there? It doesn't go through food, it goes with what's you take in. So whether you like it or not, what you take in, what you are exposed to, you are a product of what you are exposed to. Why was Joshua told to meditate on this word of God day and night, and then you attain good success? Why didn't God tell him continue learning the best war strategies and everything? Even this faith we are talking about, faith comes from hearing, and hearing what? Word of God. So don't be deceived, please. You are a product of what you take in. Not food, not through the mouth. Pornography can be like a season movie. I'm a lazy person. I've never finished any season movie in my life. But the little I've watched, I know that in the night it will start recording itself. Some of these season movie, you may spend the whole day watching it. While you are sleeping, it will start recurring. It takes over your consciousness and everything. And the Holy Spirit is a very jealous spirit. There are certain things that immediately they get in. Holy Spirit leaves you. And you are on your own. Brethren, remaining silent is a sign of approval. No matter how you put it. And complex, uh, complicity and complacency of the church without attacking certain matters has kept Christianity where we are now and makes certain preaching not to be popular. Now we go to populist aspect of preaching, things that does not um, you know, disturb the conscience, that will bring more members to you. One of the days in our early days, one of the Mother's Day, our mommy, Mrs. Ike was preaching, Doctor Mrs. Ike, I was sitting somewhere there. And she was talking about the sex. And she said sex is good. Two boys beside me, they sat up. But she said but in marriage, ah they just they were expecting to hear something that would give them leeway to do whatever they want to do. And in this life, you cannot reprove or expose what you are part of. Because indirectly, you are talking to yourself. And you cannot condemn yourself. Because when you condemn yourself, it must work. Because it's with your own mouth. I was telling my wife about my flatmate then, when I was like searching the scripture for it, that came to my mouth. He flatulated, that is mess. And the thing was, this wicked type. And people were like, who did this? We stay in a flat, we have a sitting common room. Who did this? Who did everybody say? Ah, not me. When people started cursing, it shall not be well with that person. Da, 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 da. Ah, somebody say, ah. the person only messed so he did not kill person. What he did was not good. But all this curse will not come upon him. So this amount of being part of something you are something, you cannot outrightly condemn it. Especially sexual immorality. When you are involved in sexual immorality, you cannot outrightly say that God will judge. God will punish. And I'm saying God will judge and God will punish. But we go about it in saying sexual immorality is not good. It's not acceptable by God. You will... uh, Avoid it by means. But if you sin, ask for grace, and he will restore you. Praise the Lord. Because when you say, this is bad, and this will happen to the people that are doing it, you are laying it upon yourself. And why is this whole sexual thing so common these days? Before it used to be a big thing. But these days it has been watered that a woman was complaining that she went to the church pastor and some elders, and what did they ask her? One gego. Your conjugal right, Uncle. He keep not complaining, one you should just be praying for him. You should just be praying for him. You know, and that is it. And I look at you from one point of view. Say it. Let the person not conform. But you've done your own part to the Lord. And if a brother is missing road and doing something that is unacceptable, our duty is to call this brother in love and tell him that this thing is wrong. This is word of God concerning this. Are you still a brethren? and leave the person. Obviously, you cannot force somebody into doing certain things. That's the truth. So, when we stop at the level of just not having fellowship in interaction with deeds of darkness, we are depriving the world, that light God meant us to be. Because of what in Romans 8, 19, the scripture made us to know That the creation awaits the expectation of the manifestations of sons of God. And this manifestation is what is going to bring restoration. We are saved to save others. We are empowered to empower others. Certain knowledge are made known to us that will bring the same knowledge to others. And God will judge us in a situation we we'll just keep quiet, remain complacent, and don't bring this knowledge to other people. So, brethren, our work is half done when we abstain, our work is half done when we don't fellowship. If we change the deeds of the early church, the early Christian Christians, the church fathers, Go through each and every one of them. In one instance or the other, they were not afraid. They were bold, emboldened by the Holy Spirit to make certain utterances in condemnation of things that were not right. Things that did not give honor to the name of the Lord. Even if you cannot come out rightly, boldly, there are some attitudes, there are some behavior towards certain things that will show where you stand. And direct or indirect, outright condemnation of certain things. The scripture tells us that the Bible, that is the scripture, is an inspiration. That is from inspiration of the Holy Spirit. One, that's 2 Timothy 3, 16-17. First of all, the doctrine we have at the church is from the Bible. The Berylian believers in Acts 17, 11, even where Paul finished talking, they have to go back and check whether this is so. Whatever you hear, irrespective of who said it, Check whether it is in the scripture. One man, a pastor then a very popular one, said that masturbation is an addiction. That is not sin. It's still online. Thank God for internet. Many of us know about it. That is not sin. It's just an addiction and all that stuff. Does anybody here know about what I'm saying? Yes. A very popular teacher that everybody will be like. So, and I was talking to somebody that is from that congregation. I said, please, I like asking stupid questions. Whether it's a woman that is masturbating. These days, a lot of men hate cucumber. Because they say women use it to masturbate. Some use vibrator, but whatever men do their own. What thoughts do you have when masturbating? Are you thinking of Jesus Christ when you are masturbating? Maybe you close your eyes and think of Jesus Christ and be masturbating. So how is that supposed to be? And this same person was called back and interviewed is on the net, is still there. And he said he maintained what he said. And these are doctrines that are being adopted, and some of us followers we swallow hook, line, and sinker without going to the Bible. So the Scriptures one for the doctrine, two for reproof. For reproof, even believers and non-believers are like sometimes who we'll err out of ignorance, who we'll err out of weakness of the flesh. But it takes the word of God and the scripture to bring that person back to order and in line with the gospel of Christ. Three, for correction. We should not be afraid to correct our brethren. Just as we are told to the Ephesian church. Not basing on our individual Intelligence, but based on the scripture. When you say it, you say in and this is the reason why this was said at circumstances surrounding it. And then two, for instruction, the Bible is our manner. Instruction where there is no instruction, people do the way they like. In the Old Testament, law was the instruction. And where there was no law, there was no condemnation because they don't have anything they base in their action. So the Bible has given us every instruction that we will live in all righteousness. This instruction has a purpose in all righteousness. Because of what, our God is a righteous God. And we, that are his children, we have to live in righteousness. It is not this rigid thing, you know, you won't talk, you won't interact, you won't do so many things. No. But you won't do what sinners are doing. And then, another thing is the intent of the heart's intent of the heart. The heart matters so much to God. Most of the times in the scripture it says somebody's heart was right with God. Somebody's heart was wrong with God. That is a very big determining factor. All this is when they come together the man of God will become perfect. May we become perfect in the eyes of God in Jesus name thoroughly furnished to do good work. You may do good work, but they may not be acceptable unto the Lord because of certain fundamental issues. As children, we are told that Cain and Abel presented their sacrifice to God, but the sacrifices were treated differently because of certain ingredients that we are missing. And in the New Testament, and that was the hearts. So whatever we do, we we'll do out of love for God. Our action, our inaction, there should be things that bring honor to God. Brethren, we should avoid sin. We should avoid fellowship in any way. And certain things must not be found among us. But it should not stop there. We should ask God the grace to go further to do that work while we are Christians. That is bringing the word of God even for those, to those that have not known him. Exposing the work of darkness. Bringing it to bear for what it is. Something that is unacceptable to God. Let us pray. Are you here as a child of God? and you are still at the first part, which is your Christian living alone. You have not gone further to do the work of reprover, the work of exposing those, that, those things that are anathema to the Lord. Those things that should not be found in the midst of brethren, I want us at this moment to ask God for forgiveness and asking specially for the grace to go just beyond living holy life. But rather that holiness will be made known to others. Are you here? You've not even known what is good and bad. You can't even distinguish what is the work of darkness. You can't even tell this is what God wants from me, even in this situation at this time. This is yet another time. To start a journey with our Lord Jesus Christ. This is a time to call this light into your life. So that darkness will not comprehend. So that your ways will be right with the Lord. Are you here and you want to give your life to Christ? You cannot hear the word of God and remain the same. This is not church. This is not just being religious, but being Christ's own. Please, we want to identify with you by raising up your hand so that we can pray with you. you want to give your life to Christ, He gives us opportunity at each point in time to come to Him in repentance. He is is just to forgive us from all our righteousness and come and make His adeptation in our hearts. Ah! Anamacho, anamacho, imaragi, That's our prayer this morning, that we will know your heart desire, that we will know that which you want us to do, that we will not have any fellowship with the unfruitful work of darkness, but rather we will expose and reprove that which is evil. Lord, we ask for your grace. We ask for your wisdom and mode of approach concerning these matters. That Lord God, you make your grace abundant. For us to fulfill this, your heaven demand. And we will do it. And all the honor and glory will be ascribed unto your name. For in Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Oh, God.